All right, um, we are going to now jump into some scriptures here. Uh, We are continuing our uh, series here on the book of James. Uh, It is great to see everybody here tonight, see everyone's smiling faces. I know there's so much going on uh, in our world around us, in the church. Uh, Good things, sometimes sad things. Um, Sometimes it seems like more sad things than good things. Mm -hmm. But uh, we know God is good and God is great. And I think it's all... Uh, the more reason why it's important that we dive into the scriptures. Uh, We are just uh, plugging along, doing a chapter uh, at a time. We're on James 3. This one's a pretty strong one, all right? So you might want to buckle up your seatbelt a little bit. And again, if you have any issues with this, please remember it was Prince Isaac's idea. (laughs) He was one of the few who wanted to study this book. So, uh, well, I mean, if you have a problem with it, you can talk to God, number one. But then... um, so let's jump into this, okay? I'm going to read this and make a couple points, and then, uh, and then we'll uh, wrap things up. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered and they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small park, a small spark. The the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. All right, let's stop right there. James is talking about our mouths and the words that come out of our mouths. And he's teaching us this. Number one, we need to watch our words. Now, this is not the first time he talks about this because he talks about it a little bit in chapter one. But here he elaborates much more on this idea of the uh, the power of our words. And he's teaching us this. We got to watch our words. Uh, You know, he uses a lot of visual aids here, uh, many different visual aids, many different metaphors to 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 talk about the tongue and of course you understand and i understand that he's not talking about 
physically talking about your tongue, the organ in your mouth. That's not the point. Just like when the Bible mentions your heart, it's not talking necessarily. It's not talking about that beating muscle in your chest. It's talking. He's talking here when he talks about the tongue. He's talking about our words. He's talking about the things that we say, and he's elaborating on, um, you know, on the, the the power of our words. Words can seem small and insignificant. He's saying, but words words with words we make big boasts uh with words he says if we're not careful we can destroy our life um words he in in our mouths he's saying are untamable poisonous and restless evil that's the that's what he says here uh our 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 mouths or our words can be he's saying a source of contradiction in our life meaning with one in one one part of our mouth we praise and then with another part of our mouth we curse now obviously there's a lot of good that we can do with our words the bible talks a lot about that but here james is focusing and warning us about the bad things that can happen with our words and and that's why the point is this our words may seem trivial and they may seem innocent or they may seem insignificant but careless words have the power to destroy both our lives and the lives of people around us that's what james is teaching us he's teaching us that we got to watch our words you know i do think that sometimes it is a temptation for us uh to to talk about people and not talk to people. This is one of the ways that we have to be careful with our words. And we're all guilty of this, me included. Like it's easier sometimes to talk about somebody or about a situation with somebody instead of just going to the person and talking to them. Today I got a call from somebody uh, about somebody, uh, there, there had been a posting on one of our church's channels, our online channels, uh, one of our venues that we use, someone had posted something they were upset about about somebody else in the church, and um, and it wasn't anybody in Brooklyn. This is nobody here. This is this is in the New York City church, but another part of it. And they were calling me because they were trying to figure out what to do. And you know, I I had a couple thoughts about it because this person had posted their negative thoughts about another person on this public space. Somebody else had tried to weigh in and try to reason with them. And all it did was they entrenched them even more and they just spoke even stronger against the person. And so someone called me and said, well, how should we handle this? And I had a couple of thoughts on it. But I, I mean, my, my big thought was, has anybody asked this person? Have they gone to the person that they have a problem with? Because I happen to know the person that they have a problem with. And I know the person although you know they might not enjoy the confrontation they're very open to talking about the issues that this person is discussing uh and the and the person that was asking my advice said oh that's a good idea and and i just think sometimes we can be so careless and 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 not careful with our words especially in our interactions with each other and it's we got to really be careful not to talk about people but to talk to people and if we have issues or we have situations that we go to somebody and we speak directly um, to them. Why? Because James is teaching us we've got to watch our words. We have to watch our words. 
in this country, the United States of America, we have specifically been given the right to freedom of speech. It's the first amendment of the 10 amendments that make up the Bill of Rights, and that is awesome, and that is the way it should be. But the right to free speech does not make us free from the consequence of our speech. And that's something I think we got to keep in mind as disciples. That's what James is teaching us, that there are consequences to what we say. And if we're not careful with our words, you know, he says you can set your whole life on fire. And it's true. It's true. Loose words can hurt people around you and, uh, and they can hurt your life. In other words, if, you, if, if we say things that are hurtful, somebody's going to be hurt. If we say something that is destructive, something's going to be destroyed. I mean, that's what James is teaching us, is it is important that we watch our words. And it's important that we remember as Christians, even though our, uh, you know, the, this, this country that we live in gives us a right to free speech, we as Christians have agreed to an even higher standard, though. Um, and that includes our words. And so, as we are speaking, and we should speak, Uh, I'm not saying that we shouldn't speak. I'm just saying that as we are speaking, we should remember the instructions the scriptures give us. For example, this is the higher standard that we've been, that we've agreed to as Christians. Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Again, that's Ephesians 4.29. This is the higher standard that we have agreed to as Christians. Here's another one. Matthew 12.36. Jesus says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Wow, that's that one scares me. Uh Everyone will give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word you've spoken. Other translations say every careless word that you've spoken. I have been guilty of careless words. I have been guilty of saying things without thinking. This scares me because the Bible teaches that we're going to be held accountable for those things. Again, we've got to watch our words. James 1 verse 19, we read this a couple weeks ago. James says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. He doesn't say that you shouldn't speak, and he doesn't say that you shouldn't be angry. He says you should just be quicker to listen. We should be quick to listen and slow to to speak and become angry. So these are just scriptures to remind us of what, what, what James is teaching us here and that is we got to watch our words. Our words may seem small and they may seem insignificant, but they have the power to do damage if we are not careful with them. All right, so let's let's move on. Uh, again, chapter 3, verse 13. He continues and he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But, he says, verse 14, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny it or deny the truth. 
Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Again, strong language James is using to talk uh, about, uh, about how we need to live and how we need to be. So here, James continues his argument. He's talking about one, he's talking about watching our words, right? But then he goes on here in this passage, this section I read, and basically what he's saying is now you also got to watch your hearts. So you got to watch your words, but you also got to watch our hearts. We have to watch our hearts. So follow his thought there in verse 13. Follow his logic. So he's, he, you know, he just got done saying the, the power of words. You got to watch your words. And then he kind of continues in, in here and he says, you know what? You know, he's kind of saying, well, let your life be more than words. In fact, if, if you're wise and you have understanding, show it not by your words, but show it by your, your good life and your deeds. Right? So he's saying, you know, let your life show the godliness even more than your words. And he's saying, and, and this should be done in humility, he mentions there in verse 13, that comes from wisdom. So he talks about living a life of a, 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 a good life and, and deeds that are done in humility that, that, that come from a good place, a place of wisdom. It's motivated by wisdom. But then in verse 14, if you follow it, he, he dives a little bit deeper, though, into the motivation behind it. And he says, uh, you know, but, but if, we have, if we harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in our hearts. So he dives deeper and he's looking at the true motives. And he's saying, if we're doing these good things, but they're coming from a place of envy or selfish ambition, he's saying that's bad. And so... Uh, and then, in fact, he even calls it, he, in verse 15, he says, such wisdom, and if you look at the scripture, the, the wis- wisdom is in quotes, you know, he's being sarcastic. This kind of wisdom, you know, it's, it, this, this, uh, this, this motive, this, this uh, bitter envy and selfish ambition, this, quote, wisdom doesn't come from heaven. This sort of bad motive, doing these good things for, with a bad motive, he said, this is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic, he says. In fact, he says, it, where you have envy and selfish ambition, you find disorder and every evil practice. I mean, that's some strong words about our motives. So he's telling us, you gotta, we got to watch our words. But then he's also saying, you got to watch your hearts. You got to look into your heart. And it's worth noting here that he also says there in verse four, verse uh, 14, he talks about people who harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition. This idea of harboring, the Greek word there implies a holding on to, right? I mean, we all have sin in our hearts at times. We all have thoughts that we don't like or, or evil things that come in. We all have that. But he's talking here about people who do good things, or, uh, or, or, or try to live this good life, but are doing it from a, 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 a from pure impure motives, a heart that is holding on, harboring these, uh, the, this uh, envy or selfish ambition. So it's an 
he's really challenging the heart that has an unwillingness to let go of these evil things. Um, it's not the passing sinful thought in your head. It's the grabbing that sinful thought and holding on to it, harboring it, protecting it, and giving it a safe place to grow in your heart. That's what we got to watch out for. We got to watch out for these things growing in our hearts. The Bible teaches over and over and over that motivation matters. God is not just looking for robots. Certainly there are times as Christians where you got to do the right thing when you don't feel like it. That's the whole premise behind take up your cross, deny yourself, right? There are plenty of times we got to do what's right even though we don't want to. But just doing what's right it doesn't mean that your heart's in the right spot. It is possible to do external uh, religious activities and your heart be far away. Jesus taught on that quite a bit. And that's why he's talking about our motivation. It matters. You know, I, I, am, I am a very ambitious person. You know, I often have many ideas. I like to do stuff. I like to get stuff done. I like to accomplish stuff, right? And, and I don't think that's bad. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, but when it comes to, to being, especially when it comes to being a Christian, if I, um, if I as a Christian, am ambition, ambitious and I want to do good stuff and I want to get good stuff done, that can also be good. But I have learned that there can be a blurry line at times between ambition that is godly and ambition that is for myself. And and I say blurry, not because it's blurry to God, and it's not always even blurry to people around me. It can just be blurry to me. Like, I can be doing good stuff, right? Doing things that God wants me to do, but then i got to check my heart and go, why am I doing this, you know? There, you know, there are plenty of times when I've used good things to, to elevate myself. You know, like, you study the Bible with a guy, and, you know, he's really open, and he wants to become a Christian, and he's ready to get baptized, and you know, everyone's excited and it's time and we're going to baptize him in front of everybody. And we get up there and say, hey, everybody, this guy wants to get baptized. Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> you know, and not that you actually say that, but that has been in my heart. Like, look how awesome I am because I'm doing, you know, you, you know, you put him in the water and you dunk him under the water and you're like, hey, what's up? You guys pretty awesome, right? You know, you know, you know, and so, and I'm not saying, certainly a baptism is a time to celebrate, and we will always celebrate that, we'll always share good news, and we always want to celebrate with the people involved, but it's just a fine line, man, when, I mean, it can get blurry really fast when you're doing good things with selfish ambition, or out of uh, bitter envy, and that is what James is teaching here. He's saying, man, you got to live a good life, but you got to do it for the right motives. It is so important that we get rid of our ego and we purify our motives before God. Why? Because motives matter. It is, we serve an audience of one. Can I get an amen? We serve, I know I can't hear you say amen, but we serve an audience of one. There's one being we are trying to please with our lives, and it is God. Of course, we elevate and we encourage each other and we lift each other up and we hold each other's arms up and we'll never stop doing that. But we've got to make sure that even in our encouragement and our lifting up of each other, we are doing it for our, the right motives to honor God. Uh, motives matter. We got to watch our words. 
James is saying, and we got to watch our hearts. Let's uh, let's close out. Let's read this pa- last uh, passage here, verse 17. James closes out this chapter and he says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Verse 18, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So James closes out here this this chapter. He's talking about watching our words. Uh, He's talking about then watching our hearts. And the last thing I think he's saying here is this. We got to also watch our Lord. And I'm saying that, watching our Lord because um, after he gives this really intense argument of what we're not supposed to be, like, don't use your words this way. Check your heart. Don't let these sins get into your heart. Don't harbor these things. After this really clear, straightforward message on what not to be, he closes, well, I mean, you know, he didn't write chapters. Man added the chapters later. But this area that he, he, he then goes on to tell us, after what we shouldn't be, he says, here's what you should be. And as I read that, as I was studying this out, it just made me think of Jesus. It just made me think of Jesus. And, um, you know, it's all these qualities. And that's why I say, you know, for the third point here, after watching our words, watching our hearts, we really need to watch our Lord. We need to really look to become like him because all of the things that he describes here really describe qualities of Jesus. Christianity isn't just a collection of things you shouldn't do wrong. Um, Christianity is about things you should become, who we should become like. And this is what he is saying here. He, he, He says, let me talk to you about spiritual wisdom what should motivate us and what should move us. Let me read this to you again. I'm going to read it a little bit slower there in verse 17 and 18 because I really want you just to let it sink in. I mean, you know, these this this is what we should become and what we should be like. Verse 17, he says, "But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure." That's what we should be like. Pure. Peace-loving considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. He says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. These are the words of the Bible. These are the things, this is the heart that we are called to have to put away these other things from our heart, to get rid of these things. Instead, allow these qualities to permeate into our hearts. It reminds me of a verse in uh, Philippians 4. And I'll close out with this verse. And then, um, and then what we'll do is we will, um, we're going to break into our groups uh, for 10 minutes and um, be able to respond to this. But this passage reminds me of Philippians 4. You remember this passage, verse 8. Uh, Paul writes, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That is what should consume our soul. Uh, this, this is the wisdom and the heart and the motive that should flow from us. This is, a, this is a challenging passage. It challenges us not only on who we should not be, uh, not just through our words, but even in the depths of our hearts. It's, I find it very, very challenging, right to the heart. Uh, but it's also challenging because of what we are called to be. Uh, these are not by default my qualities in any way. I have to purposely work to uh, embrace this spiritual wisdom.